0: My name is Craig Williams, and I grew up in a small community in rural southern Illinois. I finished 88 in a class of 123. I was not an outstanding student, but I wasn't disinterested in learning either. Now, despite my underwhelming high school career, I also hold an MBA from Washington University in St. Louis, so mine is really a tale of contradictions. And you know, that's not uncommon in communities like yours and mine. You and I come from places where people know the value of hard work, where people learn in different ways, and where students don't always have the educational resources of their metropolitan counterparts. You and I come from places where, as kids, we spent a lot of time on the dirt diamonds or on the grid irons and on the hardwood courts playing our sports. Now we spent a lot of time outdoors, walking the creek, fishing the lakes, or hunting the woods and the fields. Most of us knew we'd be going to college, but if you're anything like me you probably didn't spend a lot of time talking about or even thinking about college until it was time to apply. Most of us knew the value in a college degree, but we weren't preoccupied with it. And so for most of us, planning for it sort of got moved to the back burner. And too often when the day arrived and it was time to apply, we were already behind the eight ball. As an education equity advocate and the father of three, I created Journey 12 and Beyond the Tassel because I saw so many people, including many of my friends, struggling with the college admissions process. I found myself having lengthy Facebook Messenger conversations with moms and dads, uncertain how they'd pay for school, whether or not they should encourage their student to pursue an athletic scholarship, join the military, go to community college or an out-of-state school, and so much more. I learned a lot about the anxieties parents and their students were facing. So I decided to build a podcast to help families like yours and mine help their students find their way through the maze of college admissions. As a reformed, if somewhat older, student, a three-term small-town school board member, and a lifelong education advocate, I've seen firsthand the difference a good education can make. And while college isn't for everyone, it's a nice option to have. Nationally, two out of every three rural high school students will typically go on to college. And if you're going to do it, well, you might as well have the advantage of an insider's perspective. I've helped high school seniors find outstanding college fit, even getting into their dream schools. I've helped parents save money, even at those dream schools. And I've helped them do it without losing their minds. Over the coming year, I'm looking forward to getting to know you better. And I really hope you'll enjoy the content we've prepared and which your school has taken the time to share. By the way, You can find our podcast not only on Apple and Spotify, but also through Alexa on Amazon smart speakers like Echo and Echo Dot. To learn more, just go to our website at journey12.com. Now let's jump into your inaugural podcast, what we call Episode 32. Beyond the Tassel is your school community's college-bound podcast. It's brought to you by the folks at Journey 12. We've created weekly content to help parents and students make the most of their time leading up to the post-secondary transition. See, we want to help level the playing field for our kids from smaller districts, beyond the well-funded suburban schools. College admissions has become increasingly competitive. Kids from our smaller communities are every bit as smart and hardworking as their suburban peers, but Year after year, the vast majority of the seats at America's top colleges and universities are filled by students from the top suburban public high schools and the private college prep schools from metropolitan areas. It is our mission at Journey 12 to help more kids from smaller communities get into America's best colleges and universities. There are things you can be doing as early as 7th and 8th grade to prepare for your best future beyond high school. Not every student is destined for college. Some will enter the trades. Some will go military. Some will join the family farm, start a business, or go straight to work. And those are all perfectly good options. But we focus on solutions to the challenges that confront college bound students and their parents. Our goal is to make the journey a little easier, a little more productive, and hopefully a lot more affordable. We hope you'll join us weekly. But most important, we hope you'll allow us to join you on your remarkable journey. This week, We'll begin by pulling back the curtain on some of the financial aspects of college. Some you'll know, some you won't, and some, well, let's just say, you'll probably want to be sitting down. The financial picture most parents associate with their students' transition from high school to college is beyond daunting. In fact, for most, it falls somewhere on the emotional spectrum between repainting the garage and root canal. I'm serious. Nobody loves this process, but even worse. Few people enter this strange new realm with a firm grasp on what it involves. Lots of anxiety about the FAFSA form, the whole financial aid application process, and the cost of college itself. But I'm here to tell you, from a first hand college parent perspective, there's nothing here to lose any sleep over. In fact, I'm fixing to give you some good news. So let's start with the FAFSA form. If you can gather up a few things, like your W 2 and federal income tax returns for the last couple of years, your social security number, current bank statements, and records of your investments, any records of untaxed income, your alien registration number if you're not a U.S. citizen, and an FSA ID to do all of this electronically. Then this will be a relative breeze. Definitely not root canal. So to begin with, let's create your FSA ID. Most of you probably don't have one at this point. You'll need one. You will need this ID for each of your children entering college and one for yourself. Go to fsaid.ed.gov forward slash npas forward slash index dot htm and follow the directions. You'll be up and running in about seven minutes. Next, head over to student.gov slash h slash apply dash for dash aid slash fafsa and follow the instructions to fill out your fafsa now at the end of the day you're either going to get a few bucks from the federal government for college or you aren't this is all determined by your household income and your expenses you'll need to go through this process regardless of the likelihood you see in getting any money but don't fret over the outcome like i said i'm fixing to give you some good news and by the way don't struggle to write all of these links down. You can always find the links I give you at our website, journey12.com. Find these links under episode 32, the financial broad strokes. All right, so continuing on, the average tuition for an in-state student at a state college or university, not counting community college, is about $12,000 per year. The average cost for an out-of-state student to attend a state school Like, if you lived in Illinois but wanted to attend a state school in Minnesota, for example, is about $28,000. And the average sticker price for a private school, like Kenyon College or Harvard, is about $50,000 per year. Now, bear in mind, these numbers are only averages. Some schools, if we start naming them specifically, may be a bit more or a bit less. But this gives you some sense of a starting point. Right about now, you might be starting to sweat a little. And I wouldn't blame you. You may have me feeling a little bit woozy. After all, college tuition has been one of the most steeply increasing consumer goods or services for each of the last 30 years. It can get pretty pricey. And we haven't even talked yet about room and board. I mean, hey, your kid's got to eat. So, all right, I've kept you in suspense long enough. It's time for that good news. Many parents are actually able to help their students get to some of the best schools in America for hardly anything at all, and in lots of cases, for free. That includes Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford, the University of Chicago, and about 100 more top private institutions. Now, here's how it works. The top 110 private colleges and universities in America want, more than anything, to be able to put together strong incoming classes that will reflect a wide range of socioeconomic and ethnic diversity. The admissions departments actually work really hard at this. They need kids who can give counterbalance to their largely suburban, high-wealth student class makeup. But here's the thing. It isn't cost-effective for them to run all over rural America looking for those kids interested in their institutions. And it's a lot more efficient for them to take part in large, multi-school college fairs in metropolitan areas than it is in a high school gym 100 miles from a big city. But I know, because I've seen it firsthand, That kids from rural America are just as smart, just as hardworking, and just as capable of qualifying for America's top schools as those kids from suburbia. You've just got to know how the system works and how best to navigate it. And that is something with which I can certainly help. So how do you do it? How do you get to a top private school without busting the bank? Two things. Now, not everyone's going to qualify, but two things. First, have a hardworking kid with top grades and a willingness to work hard. Second, have a family household income of less than $125,000. If you meet those two criteria, there is an excellent chance that your student can attend one of America's premier private schools for a little bit of nothing. Now, it may not be absolutely nothing, but it will almost always be less than what you might expect to pay at an in-state school. There is never a guarantee on this, but there is a method that very much increases your odds. And I'm not talking about some school you've never heard of. I'm talking about some of the most highly thought of schools in the country. Schools like Carlton, Kenyon, Swarthmore, Miami, Elon, Grinnell, Colorado College, Penn, University of Chicago, and yes, even Harvard. As you join us each week, you'll find that we talk a lot about fit. That is, the idea that college rankings and prestige ought never displace the way a school fits your student. We believe fit is actually king. Now, that said, there may be some mighty good fit at the more selective schools, and we want you and your student to have the option to consider those. But regardless of what fits you best, as we move forward with our podcast series, you'll learn more about the college application process, how to be well prepared, and how to make the most of your financial options. Navigating this territory can be challenging, but we hope to make it a bit easier for you. Many top schools are moving to a test optional format right now which means it is no longer mandatory to take an ACT or an SAT test for admissions but you are still perfectly free to submit such a test even to those test optional schools. In fact, we recommend it in most cases. In those cases where we don't recommend it, we have other recommendations as to how you can strengthen your application. But for most students, Step one, after confirming that you've worked your tail off and managed to get good grades with the most rigorous course load your school offers, is to get a great score on the ACT or the SAT, and we can help with that. For more information, just visit us at our website, journey12.com forward slash test prep, and learn about the benefits of ACT and SAT test tutoring. Again, never a guarantee but the vast majority of students who apply themselves to test prep will see a three to six point improvement on the ACT and 140 to 280 point improvement on the SAT. And that can make the difference between a so-so school and a dream school. Until next time, I'm Craig Williams with Beyond the Tassel, and we look forward to seeing you next week.